So, what's up, Ruth? Hey, Matt. Good to hear from you. Hey, glad to be on the call. Hey, Pat. What's going on? You guys ex- hey, KP. What's going on? Not much. Hanging in there. Mm-hmm. Excited about this? Uh, it's been a long time coming, Smitty. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and just put it out there. <clears throat> it, Joe, in the first season of the Pong Tournament, Joe's, Joe's leadership was questioned. I I was ready to endorse him, and I got I got no looked on this uh, on this podcast, and Joe suffered as a result of it. Well, in Joe's defense, we've been on you for over a month to favorite it, and you still have yet to favorite it. I don't need to favorite. It took it took KP five minutes to do so, and every other guest that's been on here, it took five minutes to get nah, that thing favored. I'm not gonna favorite it. It's, you know who you sound like right now? You sound like Ward. <laughs> like you're better than the rest of us. <laughs> I I did I did start the tone in a combative tone, so I understand why you got to throw some serious <laughs> mud my way early on. Uh, but uh, you you know that. Uh, all of us do our best not to sound like Ward. He's one of a kind, and he does enough uh, <laughs> sound like Ward for himself. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, here are the couple guys that were a big part of uh, not only my four years at the College of Worcester, but a huge part of uh, the success in 2003. Uh, here with Kyle Potcutter, better known as KP, and uh, Patrick Rufner, who goes by quite a few pseudonyms. <laughs> Um, self anointed himself as Showtime, so uh, I know that you were really hoping we could get that in on the show. Well, that was and that uh, was my refing alias when we went five on five at the end of practice. Uh, the lights got a little brighter, and uh, it was my time. <laughs> well, uh, both of you are Dennis and Big Red alums, both took part in the hoops program. Um, KP, you were a caliber of athlete that could have competed at Worcester, Pat. Can I comment on that for just a second? Because I, I think that, that that's a fair assessment. First of all, that is a fair assessment. Um, a lot of people know Jeff Hamilton, Hammy. Um, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff and I... Uh, <laughs> possessed about the same offensive ability which was little to none and uh we would pick each other up at at half court and i asked him one time i said i said hammy why 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 would you do that why would i do that neither one of us can score it's not that big a deal but uh we still don't have a good answer to that question um but and i'm talking about that was jv action that was when we were locking it up yeah. in JV action. We'd pick each other up at about half court. And uh, neither of us were going anywhere fast, but uh, that's how it went. Pat, I, I will throw this your way, though. I think you could have been a, a, a great contributor on the gray team. And uh, those gray teams, the guys that were on those things, really were what drove the success to, to the teams that Worcester had, you know, um, those guys competed their asses off and, and never made things easy. And um, a lot of times it felt like uh, we had tougher times in practice 
scoring than what we did in games, and it was because the the pride of those great team guys, and you would have fit in that well, realm. I, I, I do. We probably could. I do that. agree that a lot of times in practice it was tougher than games. I, no different than I would agree that you got a better whistle in practice than you got in games. <laughs> Well, uh, and we're going to, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there in just a second, okay. but uh, moving back to the, to the Denison thing uh, and KP, we'll start with you since Pat's kind of hogged uh, the mic. So <laughs> what <far. a> shock. <laughs> right. Right. Um, what, what maybe was the, the biggest difference in those two programs that you guys saw besides uh, the great Steve Moore? Well, I think, you you can't remove Steve Moore from it because I would say the biggest thing was the, just the continuity of the program. Leadership, you know, when, yes. when, when Pat and I were at Denison, yeah, it was somewhat of a revolving door and they were always trying somebody different. And, you know, you see like recently, so what, after I left Worcester, I went back to coach at Denison and Bob Deloney had been named the head coach and, he just retired this year and, you know, towards the end of this time that he's been there, they've had some, you know, they've had some success, not, not the sustained and not, you know, not the level of success of Worcester, but by Denison standards, you know, they won the conference tournament a year, you know, they went to the NCAA tournament a time or two. Um, and I think you need that. You need the, the consistency of a program that's built and, you know, all the coaching cliches, you know, when your players are your leaders, when your best players are your leaders, that's when you've got, you know, when they, when they set the tone. But um, as much as Coach Moore steered the ship, by the time you were a junior or senior, you steered the ship. And it was just, this is how we do things. And there is no substitute for that. And I think that's probably the biggest difference is, there really wasn't a program at Denison, so to speak, the way there was at Worcester. There was a there was a program at Worcester. There were teams at Denison, and you know, so you you know, you never had the um, you never had the connection to you know players of four or five years ago when you were there. Worcester, I mean, you know, you you see the the connection of the the Mark Stanleys and the you know Eric Reebies and and stuff like that. And, you know, I see, I see photos on social media today of, you know, you still got guys that are playing now that they feel a connection to the, to the success, to the traditions, to the expectations. And obviously a lot of winning breeds that, that connection, but it still goes back to coach Moore. I mean, that's, you know, he's the, he was the leader of it for so long. So very true. We've um, we, we've kind of dubbed him the Godfather here on the podcast, and uh, I mean it's it's really pretty accurate. I know he doesn't like it, but um, sometimes you just have to accept that that's the truth and um, go with it. So, um, Pat, you got anything you want to add there? I mean, KP summed it up pretty well. Yeah, he 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 did, and 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily change anything that he said because he hit, hit the nail on the head. I it, to try to sum it up, it's just the law of attraction it did it did start with steve moore he attracted winners because he himself is a winner and that just snowballed and uh you you see the type of 
people that want to be a part of the program at the College of Worcester. And, you know, at, at Denison, I know that they have to, at least when I was around that program, they had to scratch and claw for any recruit to come in. And then, but at Worcester, you saw people were noticing Worcester on the front end. Not that guys didn't work hard to get recruits in because Coach Klein works very hard at recruiting. Uh, I, I recruited harder when I was at Worcester than I did at Marietta. And people say, well, you have to recruit, you know, it just because they got those kind of results, but it was just the attraction. Um, people want to be a part of, of a winning program. And uh, it started with coach and hopefully Doug can uh, keep that train rolling. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I still would argue to, to my death that one of the biggest, biggest reasons we had so much success in 03 was due to our practices and the fact that uh, nothing was given in those things. Everything had to be earned. And a big part of that was the officiating in the uh, five-on-five sessions that you two took care of. And I know Coach would agree with me. We kind of touched on it when he was on. Um, it just instilled a, a sense of toughness and, you know, you had to fight through contact uh, something that both KP and I grew up with, having played in the WBL. Um, I wondered how long it would take us to work that in. I, I, you know, I, 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 I respect the self-promotion. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it's not self-promotion. It's just what that league is. And, uh, you know, the stats speak for themselves. How many times has a WBL school been down to the state tournament? And, you know, you can't argue that. That's a fact. But the, 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 the Indians um, might have been down there this year if it wouldn't have been for the pandemic. There's no doubt. No, they had a great shot. That was a nice team they had. Um, who knew it would catapult UKP into an official's game yeah, years no later kidding. on the big stage? Uh, take us through that progression a little bit. Um, you know, so when I left coaching in 2012 um, – was just, you know, kind of branching out with the, the camp and instruction stuff. And um, I didn't do it my first year, uh, but I, I had a couple of people that I knew that, you know, there's a guy, Central Ohio guy that did, does a lot of high school stuff or did. I don't even, if he, I don't even know if he still works high school stuff, but um, he used to get our JV officials for Denison JV games. And he said something to me one time and I, you know, I kind of blew it off and, um, you know, in the, the camp and instruction business, you're not quite as busy in the wintertime because everybody's with their teams and in games. So, so after about a year, I went ahead and took the class and started doing, you know, some high school stuff. And then I've got a, I got a buddy that I went to high school with, um, who he's been, he's been refereeing forever. Um, he was, he started refereeing and when he was in high school. And he's been a division one women's official for about 20 years now. And so, you know, we had talked and, and I started, you know, kind of thinking about doing the college thing. And so, you know, it was kind of a, he and I kind of talked about, you know, men's, the men's side versus the women's side. And, and I just said, you know, I was, I was around the NCAC for, uh, 13 years and then I coached for four years at Otterbein so I you know I was around division three in Ohio for a long time and and I said I 
it had I if I got to Division three, I didn't really want to see people I knew that if you know if they wanted to cuss me out, I wanted them to do it anonymously instead of <laughs> instead of my first name as much. And so, uh, so I got started. You know, I think I just finished my fifth year of college stuff, and I I gave up high school this past year um, just as my as my college schedule has grown a little more travel and stuff like that so um, but no it's it's fun you know you it's you're still around the game and and it you know I've been told by assigners and whatever that you know obviously my coaching background in ways really helps me um, but I, if you'd have told me back in 2001, 2002, that I eventually was going to really put on a striped shirt, I, I probably would have laughed at you. So um, I do I do know that I, I can confirm that the more ego you bring to it, sometimes it's a bigger challenge, which is why I think Pat struggled at times because um, there wasn't a bigger ego in the gym than Pat when he had a whistle in his mouth. But that, uh, no true words have been spoken on this podcast. That's the nickname Showtime. <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's speaking of Showtime. Let's talk about one of those, Pat. And I, I might have these details wrong. So oh absolutely yeah, feel, I, and I'm sure to there's, no, there's no details that are shared that are wrong here on the anchor. But go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. It's your mic. Well, you 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 were chested once in a practice <laughs> for calling, I believe. It was a blocking foul on a post player that flopped on one of Nelson's drop steps. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you stood up, chested the fellow back, earned a lot of respect <laughs> that day from the other players that were watching. You know, they watched you make the call, the correct call, albeit, and you stood your ground. You didn't cower down to the schmockery that stretch soft floor was trying to create. Take us through what you remember of that play. Well, one of the things that I wish – if I had time to really influence the rules committee, I, I would I would institute a call called the gut block. Uh, the, <laughs> the player and individual that I'm thinking about, a lot of times he thought he was clean high, he was clean low, he was, but his gut was what fouled, and and that <laughs> is what caused the foul in that situation. Did Nelson initiate the contact? Yes, but his gut was in the way. His feet were out of position. And I guess I, I do remember getting chested then. I also remember very strongly uh, one of the members of the, of the beer pong tournament, uh, better known as Dees. Dees, I went to the, uh, onto the other side there behind the bleachers, and Doug took me over there and let me work on the individuals with the big guys. And I was responsible to, um, with the buffer pillow, I was responsible to check D's or whatever big guy at the free throw line as they ran the court and they were supposed to step me off and, and post up. And I, these hit me, well, the first time, so-so. Second time, he gave a little bit more, but I did, I did egg him on. And uh, I realized Imagine I, that. I realized the next time he came down, he goes, he goes, I'm going to light you up, Pat. I said, bring it. And <laughs> he lifted me 
he, he lifted me off my legs and the first thing to hit was my back. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Doug, Doug said, Jeff, that's out of line. And, and he started making him run. And I went over to him in, you know, in typical Doug fashion, you know, Pat, what the hell? And I said, Doug, um, I did that. (laughs) I egged him on. He goes, "Uh, well, he still shouldn't hit you like that. I go, well, maybe not. But I I brought it out of him. But uh, that was – I want to make that clear on the anchor here. Uh, The – the what you asked me about was really a secondary gut block. Uh, what Dee's did to me was a real man's hit, and he won. <laughs> he won, and uh, I'll never do that to Dee's again. I will tell you that. Yeah, I'm guessing he's probably not moving quite as quick these days, but he's got. <laughs> he's, I don't know if he's he can probably make it got a little more. more. I don't know. He's probably got a little more inertia behind him that that might uh, factor in that collision. <laughs> uh, both of you spent a lot of time in Timken. Talk about some of your favorite memories there. Pat, you want to go first? Well, I, I you know, I, t- I told Coach this um, when I uh, when I, I sent – we were all supposed to write something to him um, there towards the end of us past year. And I told him, and I'm—I meant it. I meant it sincerely. Uh, my time as an assistant coach at the College Worcester was one of the most rewarding, if not the most rewarding, experiences in my professional life. I mean, you want to talk about uh, every aspect being positive from the guy, the quality of guys that you work with, the quality of man that you work for the quality of men that you work with on the coaching staff uh, and in and, and those games. Um, I don't know if KP is going to mention it, but we did get a kick out of, you know, going to Denison, there were some games where, you know, people get into it, but, but you still, you could hear a lot of different things that was going on around it. In, in those big games of the College of Worcester, it was so loud you could be right next to somebody screaming at the top of your lungs and they couldn't, they couldn't hear it. And KP and I would, you know, call it immaturity. If you want, Uh, we would say things that we should have got a technical for, but nobody knew it because it was so loud. And I do, I do remember that strongly uh, as a memory of being in uh, Timken gymnasium, uh, you know, winning, winning that game that sent us to the Final Four that year in 2003, you know, what an experience. Um, I still have a picture of that uh, post-game with my mom and dad, uh, something that I look back with a lot of uh, fondness because it was a great memory. Um, I did lose my mom last year, and so that, you know, I got a little bit more of a emotional feeling about seeing pictures of her and that 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 was I know she was really proud to see what happened and that I had an opportunity to be involved in it uh I mean you just you could we could really fill up the airtime about how many positive experiences 
may, you might be able to fill up their time with equally embarrassing experiences, but it was, it was a real good time. I mean, a real good time. So that's what I remember. Yeah. I, I want to hear what KPS is saying. And then I'm going to ask you about one of your, um, one of your coaching memories. Okay. <laughs> um, well, he, Pat, I'm going to end up, end up echoing a lot of what he said. Um, I just, it's, it's the same as, you know, you hear, you hear players talk about it. I mean, I, you know, if people ask me about what uh, we didn't win it obviously as much when I was playing and I, with the injury, I didn't play that long, but you know, I mean the, the, the most enjoyable stuff that you, you take from athletics is, is it's less about the games and just about the, the day-to-day interaction. And um, it, that staff that, you know, coach, and Doug and and there is not a better guy in the world than Bruce Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it was it was a fun group to be around. We had we had good quality guys in the program, and so you know you you enjoy what you're doing, you love what you're doing, and then you enjoy who you're doing it with, and and so those you know it, it makes it fun. But you know you had you'd given me a little bit of a cheat sheet about some of the stuff we were talking about so I was I was trying to think about you know what what are some of the games that stick out to me and some of them that I would say would be and I you know Pat talks about some of the things that maybe he and I said on the bench and there's some stuff that you know I've got a, a four-year-old and a two-year-old and I, I wouldn't be proud to tell him I said this <laughs> at this point but I and the the NCAC championship game my first year against Wabash was one that just, you know, it was unbelievable atmosphere, whatever. Um, the first time we walked out with the bagpipes, it was, I, I still remember that. Um, my second year at home against Allegheny, Nelson was out with an injury and we were concerned. And we, we made 14 of 18 threes in the first half. <laughs> um, and then honestly, for me, one of the, one of the really memorable games was a game I wasn't coaching and, and Pat already hit on it. Um, we were obviously done with our season and I came up and watched the elite eight game that you guys won to go to the final four. And yeah, it was just, obviously I knew, all you guys and it was it was just when you chase something for as long as you know as long as you do and you've got goals like that it's it's neat to see people you know reach them so yeah i i would echo everything you guys said there um the staff we had that year was was awesome and um you know coach smitty really added another Mm. flavor even um when you when he came in there um, KP, you unfortunately weren't part of the, the locker room speech about pressure down at Ohio <laughs> Wesleyan, but, uh, w- one of the best, uh, best moments probably in the locker room that I can remember from that season. And, uh, like Pat and Doug in the back were, were probably really the, the reason why I was even better than what was said, <laughs> but, uh, just, yeah, that was, a, that was a special year. A lot of great memories from that um pat you know i said we were going to come back to you about one of your coaching Mm -hmm, memories mm -hmm. um talk about the time when uh 
when you had a guy that was going for a scoring record, just completely laid an egg. Well, I I, I want to make sure that I set it up that the the, the so called uh, scoring record was a complete fabrication uh, <laughs> by one, in, in which I had no I had no involvement in at the time. By by, but it was created by one Ryan Jimmy Snyder. And uh, he had created this rumor that Ward was on the precipice of becoming the all-time leading scorer in JV, in reserve action for the Scots. Logic would tell you that that we track no statistic (laughs) in in that, other than, you know, more – Moore would always want to see the shot chart with all the stats afterwards. He'd always want to see that. And he'd look at it, you know, to his credit. A lot of guys would not look at it. He'd always look at it. But there was no statistical, Coleman, you know, tallies. Uh, Ward bought that hook, line, and sinker, uh, which <laughs> made it all more appealing to everybody that, you know, just kind of – he kind of uh, – it. But as far as the game is concerned and what happened in the game, I, I really do think that's Ward's story to tell. So I'll, I'll defer on that. Um, Maybe we can get you two on together to kind of both give <laughs> your sides. You think of you it. could have a podcast with me and Ward on together? I mean, oh, I mean, I think the I think the listeners would love that. Yeah. Well, I probably. So yeah, if you want, yeah. if you want, okay. um, I'm still not going to like this thing. But go ahead. Okay. Yeah. That's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. Uh, undoubtedly, you guys came across a lot of players and, and characters in your years at Worcester. Uh, KP, starting with you, who is the biggest clown you had to deal with? Oh. <sighs> <laughs> um, oh, man. I'm trying to think. I mean, Ward, Ward was one of them. Um. <laughs> Man, we had some, especially in the JV ranks. I'm, oh, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think back to some of those guys that that maybe didn't even, you know, ended up leaving or whatever, or didn't didn't continue playing basketball. But, um, you know, JV's a whole nother ball game, and and uh, you know, I and I I loved that they were hilarious. But like Anthony Kent was mm-hmm. was a funny dude. Um, Daryl Dunning was was a curious guy. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that maybe I'm I'm forgetting. Will Belmont was on that team. That's right. Yeah. Steve Steve Burke. Steve Burke. <laughs> Steve Burke. I don't even remember Steve Burke. Oh gosh, dang man, that guy. Oh. Uh, he. he... I think that was one of Doug's prize recruits. And I, 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 he he would he was all elbows. I mean, he was all elbows, and Steve was strong, and guys did not want to get hurt by him. Um, he he was, uh, and he was a huffer and puff. You know, get up in your face, and he'd be breathing real hard. You're like Steve, you know, come on, calm down a little bit. You know, but he would get hype. He, Steve probably should have been a football player. Um. Yeah, but he was a basketball player, lefty, and uh, hmm. he was he was a 
I, I, I'm trying to think who I would give that. That one team that KP was mentioning had a lot of clowns on it with uh, Kent Dunning. Can, can we can we revisit one of the funniest? I didn't think it was funny at the time. One of the funnier JV moments of our of our time, Pat. Sure, go ahead. Absolutely, that's what we're on here for. So, share so away. I I don't remember which year it was, but I know we had <laughs> Pat. Will know what story I'm going to as soon as I say these names. Uh. It was Justin Green mm-hmm. and Anthony Kent. And so we're at we go to Mount Union for <laughs> a for a JV game, you know, probably a Monday night. And we're warming up. Pat and I are sitting there on a bench. And the Mount Union team goes goes back to the locker room. So we got there's both baskets. So Anthony comes down. Makes a you know one on none makes a move jumps up and and like drops it down in the basket but he's really close to the rim and we're like Anthony come here and we said hey I you know just easy I said we were like we got JV officials you don't know what you're gonna get just you know and it I think Pat was the one that was saying it. And he no more got the got the sentence out of his mouth. If we hear kaboom and look over, and Justin is doing a chin up on a dunk in warm ups, and this is obviously before you could dunk in warm ups, and and I think in in unison, Pat and I just put our head down in our hands, and, and but the best part was. The official tries to come over and tell tell Pat that we're going to start the game with a technical foul, and Pat brings up, "Is it really necessary?" You know, they didn't have their book ready at the ten minute mark. Do we really need technical fouls? And they said, "No, you're right, we do." So both teams started off with a technical <laughs> foul, no free throws, no harm done. Let's throw it up and go. Well, it, in in very very appropriate to JV action. Let's just let stupidity reign supreme because <laughs> discretion would tell you, well, bury, bury the technical, bury both the technicals. Yeah. Let's just play yeah. ball and let these – no, 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 no. Let's tee them both up. And I, I, I'd like to add that, that Mount Union has got two of some of my top JV memories. I remember uh, it would have been your freshman year, Smitty. I had a heck of a JV team. Um, and if KP, if you remember that, uh, Nick Hajar was our point guard. And I could tell when Hajar came to the bus, I was like, something's not right. And, and I asked Ron, I said, what's going on with Hajar? And, and uh, uh, somebody said, oh, he just broke up with his girlfriend, like within the last 24 hours. And I was like, oh, no. And I'm telling you, so I'm pretty sure his girlfriend broke up. Right, his girlfriend broke. Well, whatever. His girlfriend. If you want to, I I understand. You got the mic. Details matter. Details matter. You. He's your friend. You want to. You want to make sure that that gets clear out there. But either way, he should have stayed at home. He was that (laughs) useful to us. He should have just stayed at home. Um, But hey. KP, do you remember when we went uh, – that one year we beat uh, – it might have been with Kent. I think it was with Kent. We beat uh, Columbus State in the first game of the year, and they came up to Worcester, and we played like 10.30. I don't think those guys were even awake. 
and we, <laughs> we, we, we barely beat them, and they didn't lose another game. If they were ranked number one in, like, JUCO Division Two, and we went down there, and, you know, we, we walked in the gym, and it's like, this, this doesn't feel right. And <laughs> this is not the same team we saw. This is not the same team we saw. And this is long way from Division Three. I mean, the the bass in the music that they're playing was you could feel it inside your body. It was that <laughs> strong. And you know, okay, okay, ball goes up. And I remember uh, uh, Nick. What's Nick's last name? Nick, the kid from Mentor. Radiball. Radiball. He he would Radiball. he had a sprained leg going into the game. He was. He was one of our stronger players. Uh, they go up 10 nothing, you know, with a couple dunks, you know, pressing, turning us over. We can't even get the ball across half court. Call timeout, bring him over, goes back out. It's like rinse and repeat. Same thing. And, and again, we're down like 20 to two, call a timeout, bring him over, go back out. Same thing starts. KP taps me on the leg, says, hey, don't call any more timeouts. Let's go home. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. And, and we, you know, we still coached up the game, but it wasn't – it was going to be – KP, was it 101 to 52 that it ended up or something like that? They doubled us up. They got into triple figures. We couldn't get out of there fast enough. I, I can't believe you're telling that story without my favorite part of that game. Which was <laughs> – well, you you mentioned that they tipped or they they pressed us from tip to buzzer, and, and the guy the guy at the back of the press, every possession that he was in the game, he literally was barking like a dog. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and our guys didn't like it. Well, it's scared. They were scared. Was Ward part of that scared. game? Was Ward part of that game? He was part of that team, right? Mm, I don't think so. That was before award, so maybe he could have made the difference there. I I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure Nelson would have made a difference. I'm that telling night. you what, golly, <laughs> we couldn't get the ball across half court. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, Showtime. You recently were involved in a heated debate about MJ and LeBron. You're on record as saying MJ is the greatest competitor and winner that played in the NBA. Let me ask you this. You're down on Market Street in Lima, lacing up the sneakers at the YMCA for a noontime pickup game. Jordan and LeBron are the captains. Who do you want them to take – who do you want to take you with that ninth or tenth pick? (laughs) Take take me with the ninth or tenth pick? (laughs) Well, uh, let, yeah. let, let, let me let me say this. You framed that question very well, by the well, way. He, 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 he framed it. <laughs> yeah. He framed it. The whole the whole way that it started out and the whole way this discussion has gone back and forth. Had, had, it, it, we, everybody loves to play the goat discussion. Who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? What I have always said is that Jordan deserves to be in that conversation. I'm not fighting for him to be named that guy. I'm not. I'm saying he deserves to be in that conversation because of his book of business. 
I have a hard time putting LeBron in that conversation. Not that he doesn't have a pretty good resume, but I have seen the man quit on his team, on his city, on his teammates. And I have a hard time talking about anybody to be the GOAT if I've seen quitting. That's been my whole my whole argument. I would think that whether it was LeBron or MJ, they were both anguish over picking me for their team. I, I, I have no doubt of that. They might have similar feelings about how I felt about, hey, Jar, just staying at home. Why don't you just – we'll just go four on five, Pat. You sit over there. I get that part. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. That has been my whole thing. I'm not touting Jordan over LeBron. I'm just saying Jordan's deserving of that conversation. I can't, some might argue that he should be, I can't put LeBron in that conversation because I've seen the man quit. And I don't think you're, you're, you're the, the goat if you got quit in you. Yeah, so you just still haven't answered the question, though. Um, which which one no, would you no, want? No which one of those guys would no you want to Jordan. play with? I, I don't. I don't want. I don't want. Uh, yeah, I don't want really? LeBron to quit on me. What about you, KP? If it's a noontime pickup game, who do you want to play with, LeBron or Jordan? I I I gotta I gotta go Jordan. Yeah. Really. So. I'm not going to disagree. I think Jordan. If, if I'm if I want to win the game, I'm going Jordan ten times out of ten times. But if this is a noontime pickup game where I'm just playing and and, and I want to have fun, <laughs> that's that's I want to play with. That's a fair. I want to play with LeBron. I want to play with LeBron. Yeah. I, th- I think you dug too deep into that one, Pat. I think you got a little too analytical. Look, it, that was, a, that was it, an easy it, question. I ha- I have been bamboozled, hoodwinked, sideswiped, and ambushed <laughs> on this whole thing. Okay, all I have done is stood up for what everybody that is involved in this podcast believes. Jordan deserved to be dis- discussed as the goat. Everybody would pick him. In a in a straight up one to one, everybody said that they still gonna bust my chops. That's okay. That's no different than when you know when I had to whistle, and I told you guys I was the best whistle you've ever had. Everybody denies that. I know I was. Same thing. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm and maybe KP's right. Maybe too much ego would would have stopped me from being a good official. I that was my style. And I'm sticking to it. Well, speaking of ego, um, KP, you never owned a moped or a motorized bicycle. Uh, Pat obviously did. A couple questions on that. Um, how would you describe the one that Pat owned? Did you think it was really necessary for him to wear a helmet on that thing? And do you remember the time he rode it around campus on his wife beard? So, so that actually was post – me leaving Worcester. So I never I never saw him on it. I saw I okay. saw pictures of it and I've heard stories about it, but I never saw him ride it. <laughs> I think and I think if Pat refresh my memory, what was the ultimate decider that you got rid of it? Why I was getting rid of it? Uh I didn't want to keep uh I, I had it for a while but I, I was having to fix it. 
and uh, okay, I, I was I'm not a, a huge mechanic type. Um, no, you're not. No, you can't. I can't. That no, surprises me. Or, or either one of you guys. No. Okay. No. All right. So I mean, it depends what it is. Like, I mean, <laughs> um, but anyhow, I could change the spark I, I will plug. Tell you this. Uh, Doing oil again. Change. A lot of ambushing. A lot of side swiping. History shows that when all of you guys called it a moped and I issued the challenge to come bring your fastest vehicle to race my quote-unquote moped, nobody showed. And that will never change. No. So kind of like you at any of the events we What's have. What's It's kind of like you at all the events we have. No, I've been on some. I watched uh, I watched Ward choke uh, in the second match. We got him all bragged up, and he got really high, and then he choked. And um, I was on uh, I was on the last call. What? Uh, how many times was that thing vandalized? Uh, by you? By you? I mean, it was never. What, by you? It was never. It was never malicious. Yeah, it was never maliciously vandalized, but. I think me and Jimmy might have got it a yeah, couple times. I, I think Sling was involved too. Um, mate. I mean, unlike unlike Betsy, we couldn't leave it out in the middle of the road with the doors open, the wind, and the window wipers <laughs> on, and like that kind of stuff. But take a headrest. Um, we had, we had Coach Moore on recently, and um, I don't know if you listened to that episode, Pat KP. I don't know if you listened to any of them or not, but. Uh, yeah, as you as you start mowing the yard, um, start traveling and stuff, it's really it really is a good time yeah. filler. Um, but Coach Moore was talking about camp fighting Scott. You guys were both a part of that. KP, what what were some of your favorite camp memories? Oh man, <laughs> where to start? Um, huh. Well, I can tell you my maybe my low point. Um, my first year ever working, which I was still a, I was still a student at Denison. Um, uh, the entire camp of 300 kids plus was being held up because I did not get to my shooting evaluations quickly, early enough. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I mean, you know, the, the, the let's see it was wednesday night the wednesday night golf with the coaches um the we'll call it after hours activities especially on wednesday night or a time or two thursday morning uh it extended a little bit um man we had some we had some big nights uh and that you know again you you it's sort of an extension of that whole the continuity, the camaraderie thing, uh, you know, some of those guys, I could tell you as somebody that does camps as my main business. Now it is hard to get a high number of good coaches mm-hmm. and guys that have, you know, real coaching and are part of good programs. And that's the, you know, the thing that we had is you got really successful head high school coaches and, and college, you know, assistants or, you know, those guys are not, some of those guys are now college head coaches that are, you know, that are coming back and, 
it's just you know the the laughs it it was nonstop whether it was whether it was Chris Adams or Kevin Logston or you know I mean it's just the 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 characters that uh, you know obviously you Mark Stanley you put him in there it's just it was it was they were long days and you worked hard but it was so much fun just because of you know the number of characters that were that were involved in it no doubt. What about you, Pat? You still there, Pat? We must have lost Says Pat. He's still connected. Yeah, it shows that he's still connected, but he, uh, I, I think Amy probably came and got Amy probably to put some laundry away or something. Uh, so, well, we'll ask him if he comes back before we, uh, Yep, looks like we just lost and forget here. I'll see if I can try to get him back on for the the finale. But uh, anything you want to say to um, Coach Moore or any of the guys out there? Or, uh, any, oh any, uh, wow! Any other memories you want to share? No, I mean, you know, it's it's there. He's back. Um, you know, I I ended up at Worcester in an interesting way and. And uh, it was right when I was kind of starting my coaching and um, everything that I've ever done in coaching was shaped by my time at Worcester. And obviously that goes back to coach Moore. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, people, it's easy to look on the outside at the number of wins, but the impact he's coach Moore's had on, you know, obviously players, but you know, people like me that I, I, people, people, you know, you say, Oh, you were at Worcester. And I was like, listen, I was, I was low man on the totem pole. I just, I was, I was there to learn. And I, but I had so much fun. And, and I, the, the best part about coach Moore was that, you know, I was a, you know, what 22 year old kid who didn't, I, I didn't know anything. And I never felt, less valued than anybody else you know what I mean and um so that's just yeah the impact of my time at Worcester for me moving forward you know first in you know when I was other coaching stops but then now you know continuing what I'm doing now I it's still front and center I mean the the you know the way that coach communicated the way he taught things it's something that'll never leave me as far as as long as I'm involved in basketball. So, um, it's it, it's always it's it's always you know, it's fun to be in, involved. And you were you were generous with your your including me on the impact of the success of Worcester when I was there. I like I said I I just was having fun, and I was I was kind of figuring out how I was going to try to coach when I was getting older. But um, I just I was having a blast, and it was great people and um again that goes back to the guy that was steering the ship so yeah well i I meant that you you were a big bigger impact than i think what you uh will give yourself credit for but it just shows what kind of guy you are pat i don't know what uh hopefully you got the dishes put away and you're back now for good but uh anything uh any stories that that you want to share or any any message you want to deliver before can i uh, can i go back to camp and talk about about camp, and then 
I do. I do got a memory. I, I got a memory yeah. from coaching that I think that KP would like would want to uh, hear. But um, to go back in camp, uh, you know, we KP mentioned we we went hard at camp. You you you, you long days, sometimes long nights, and uh, uh, I remember vividly. I was refing one of KP's games, and he I could tell he was. He was about to be knocked out with just about anything. And I was standing <laughs> over by him and I, I in the hot box, which made you grumpy in the hot to box. begin with. You were just a little you had the the edge in there and I crop dusted him and it really tested our relationship because <laughs> I think KP thought about knocking me out. I really do at that moment. I did I did crop dust and left the area because I didn't want to find out if he did want it. To, to hit me with a haymaker. Uh, but I remember that vividly as uh, uh, one of my uh, small victories. I, I also remember, <laughs> you know, when we, when we do all that breakdown stuff, it was fun because you did not want to get chosen to be the, the demonstrator because if Doug was doing the tutorial, Doug was going to set you up. And, I knew I was going to get set up because he said, Pat, don't go far. Uh, when I knew he was teaching next and he put me out there to do a little one-on-one with Ryan Peden, the cat, uh, as we know him, um, Ohio state university, uh, assistant basketball coach. And I, I tried to make a move on cat and I went up and he literally karate chopped me across my arms and followed through and knocked me to the floor to which I looked up and Doug was like, I thought that was a clean, you know, I thought that was a clean guard. You know, he just, just ignored it. And I looked and I saw all the coaches, Reby, fist pumping, Stanley, everybody was eating it up. And uh, I, I, I'll never forget that memory, but, to talk about coaching, a coaching memory that I remember vividly, KP, I, I remember talking to him in the fall before he came up. He was down in Florida. He came up, and KP, in addition to coaching, he volunteered his time. Uh, he was working at Red Lobster. And he did, KP made a lot of money doing Red Lobster. And he, credit, credit, oh, I, 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 I remember that. Credit, credit to I him because I, I couldn't do that job. I will never forget because KP and I would sit near each other on the bench and we'd walk through the, the handshake after the game. We had beaten Wittenberg and <laughs> KP puts out his hand and Bill Brown says, you know, we got red lobsters in Wittenberg and Springfield too. And I, I just, I mean, I know that he was being a jerk to KP, but I just loved it, man. Cause that was the essence of that rivalry. <laughs> And and I just I, I, I that was you know we got red lobsters in Springfield too. <laughs> classic. Oh, classic. Uh, yeah, one of these times I'm going to get Wes to talk about his uh, uh, the, the time that him and him and Bill <laughs> had their little interaction down there in Springfield in '03. Uh, Keep and I got time, cornered but, by uh, Bill. Brown, Coach Brown down at, at uh, Coach Moore's Hall of Fame. Um, 
dinner, which, which was an awesome experience to see everybody again. And he talked to us and talked to us and talked to us. And you, you could look at both of us were like, we got to get out of this conversation. We can't get out of this conversation. And he just kept talking and talking and talking. And it was just as painful to talk to, to coach. Uh, nice guy. Like him. I, I don't dislike the guy. But it's just it is hard. It's hard. And uh... <laughs> I don't think he knew who I was. <laughs> I honestly don't. I don't think. I don't think he remembered who I was when he was talking to me. Yeah, I can remember um, in the summer taking uh, a team of Elida junior high kids to Wittenberg's team camp and um, having to to talk to him. I think that was the summer going into my senior year. It might have been the summer after. He was like talking to to a door um, for me. I mean. It's a tough conversation to have. So, but, uh, well, hey, appreciate you guys jumping yeah, on here. Good to be um, here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I glad, enjoyed uh, it. Glad it worked out. Uh, maybe we'll we'll do a sequel uh, here down the road and um, find a couple more things we can share stories that are out there. Well, it, I know there's plenty of them. It, so, well, there are you plenty of stories that oh, KP ahead, and I would prefer that our boys not hear. So you will find that we'll get a little gun shy uh, when you bring us back on the show and try to air some dirty laundry. So appreciate you, appreciate you keeping it above the board <laughs> well, for the most part. Uh, appreciate that. Just just a warning if you're if you're looking to bring us in and and, and ambush us, it's it's probably not going to happen. It's probably. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that. And the good news for you is this podcast is so far down uh, off the radar. You pretty much have to be invited to it to, to even be able to find find an episode. Okay, fair enough. So I think you're safe. Yeah, so well, you guys take care. Appreciate it having you on. I'll send you out the link here uh, once we get her together. And uh, should be should be a good oh, listen for the listeners. Thanks, Mitty. You, you too, Kathy. Yeah, take care. Take care, Pat.